0: Yeah, a new format, new mix Ooh. of the theme tune. Nice. Yeah, you like it, cool. Yeah, yeah it's banging. Exciting.
1: I like that.
0: You're good. You are listening to Episode 85 of the Devil Times 5 horror podcast and this month we're looking at movies made by Swedes. So, turn it up.
2: Oh, was- oh no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no.
0: I was <laughs> going to open with the Swedish word for hello, but let's just listen to how that's pronounced. Hallo. Uh, and if I'd started like that, you'd uh, thought I'd gone mad. So, anyway, I'm still here. I'm still Cliff. And also, still here are my fellow devils, Sven and Hildegard. I mean, Simon and Emily. Hello. 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 Hello.
2: Hello. Hello. What? Only
0: three of us on Devil Times Five? How's that going to work? Uh, all will be revealed in a bit. First off, it's been six whole weeks since our uh, last recording because I went away to Australia
1: for three weeks and we had to record
0: yeah. early in uh, December.
1: You had a good Christmas? Yes. Yeah, it was all right. Yes. I thought you were asking the listeners for a moment. I was just like, you've oh, no. been waiting quite yeah. a long time. For if this you've process. had a good Christmas,
2: write in. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did anything amusing happen with your gravy or your turkey?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I
0: was in Australia, I had actual prawns on an actual barbie, like the cliché, admittedly on Boxing Day rather than Christmas Day. But uh, on the last day, we went to a place called Handorf in um, South Australia, which is some sort of German-themed village. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's so inauthentically German that when I was <laughs> trying to read all the plaques in my comedy camp German man accent, I I couldn't even remember how to do it. It was that badly not German. I couldn't even <laughs> do the voice.
2: I thought you were going to say someone came up and asked for directions or something because
1: I thought you were a German. <laughs> you know, oh, no, I'm not really a German. I'm a no. naughty Englishman. man. No. Yeah.
0: Anyway, one thing that hasn't changed is we'll be starting with the good old highs and lows section. It'll just be significantly shorter than before, unless we really go off about something or other. Um, Emily, do you want to start?
1: Okay, I've got two highs, and they're both recent-ish releases. First one, not entirely sure it's horror, but, you know, it's it's great. Uh, poor Things. Oh, yes. Uh, absolutely no surprise that I was going to completely love that Because I've loved his other movies I was impressed by how fucked up and weird it was I was also impressed by the fact that they managed to get A lot of the weird philosophical stuff from the book in Oh, you've read the book? Yeah, the book's interesting They've been quite selective as to which bits they've used in the movie Because basically the book is two narratives And the second one is telling you that the first one was a load of bollocks <laughs> um, <laughs> But it, yeah, it was um, well made The costumes are absolutely gorgeous looks amazing i love i mean yes it it's obviously know, a very artificial looking film that's the particular style mm. that they've gone for but i just just love the way it looked it was a proper feast for the eyes and also very rude and very funny so it's
0: very rude
1: yeah very it's rude, very rude. I couldn't believe the carrying on in that film. honestly. Yeah, there's all sorts of all sorts of rudeness going on. But then I did see that after I watched one of the movies on our watch list this month. So I was just like, yeah, shagging, whatever. And also, it is you know, it's it's part of the theme. They haven't just gone, oh, quick, better put some sex in. Yeah. Um, what I find weird about that is that there's been this kind of discourse recently on um, the internet. People go, oh, there's no sex in mainstream films anymore. Whereas with Poor Things, there was a Times reviewer, which I think she was a columnist. So just someone who basically gets paid to write their diary um, in a national newspaper. Mm. It was like, this film was so disgusting. I left early. I was like, okay, good for you. Did she definitely
0: leave early or come early?
1: Well, you know, (laughs) Um, my other high was Godzilla minus one. Um, okay. I quite like monster movies, they're not like my most favourite thing But I'd heard good things about that one Even though I was making the really obvious joke of surely Godzilla Minus One is a film without a Godzilla in it um, <laughs> But there there is a Godzilla and Minus One refers to the historical period of Japanese history that it's set in At the end of World War II
0: Oh,
1: is so that where they count their years from? Uh, I don't think so, but I think Oh, they're might... counted by
0: emperors, don't they? By emperors' reigns
1: possibly yeah. i'm not sure maybe it's not that that's what the year was called it's just that might be like a thing that historians use to refer to that particular year or it might just be a descriptor of the uh basically i did some research and then my brain went to sleep and didn't retain all the information it was um, something
2: like it was so shit for them they're like you know what this is my i think that is what it was it was just it was just after the the bomb the end of world war Two, and the americans mm. were occupying them and everything was just so hard they're like you know what this isn't a year this is minus one <laughs> Let's yeah. just
1: pretend that none of this before happened. <laughs> yeah. It's like, about half my family have disappeared. Shh. They were never here. Yeah. <laughs> but you get to see the scenes of devastation post-World War II. Uh, the human drama in it is handled really well. But the big exploding monstery bits are also handled extremely well. There is CGI, but it doesn't look like a shit screensaver from 1998, the way that it quite often does in a lot of Hollywood movies. And yeah, it was, it was just the the best kind of popcorn cinema really it's called everybody applauded non ironically at the end
0: have you seen leave the world behind which has been doing numbers on netflix recently
1: no apparently. i haven't no. i've i've heard there's all sorts of weird conspiracy theories about that movie cuz the the obamas are involved it's
0: produced by the obamas yeah. Um,
1: yeah it's
0: very good but for some reason they've got such bad cgi so there's a bit where a flock of flamingos turn up and it just looks like looks like something out of Windows 95. It's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> flamingos are a thing that exists in the real world. You could just get flamingos.
1: Would it have been better if they dressed up as flamingos and you just have the scene where Barack and Michelle Obama are flamingos? I think
2: maybe that's, you know, it took so long trying to get them in a the flamingo costume and so much money trying to get realistic flamingo costumes. And it still looked bad. They had to put bad CGI flamingos in probably.
0: Mm. Well, I haven't seen much of Barack Obama since he stopped being president but I imagine that he's just been sitting back and getting really fat and there's no way a big fat Barack is fitting inside a flamingo costume
1: <laughs> he could be a fat flamingo yeah fat Fat Barack Flamingo Fat Barack Flamingo He was a 1970s
2: singer, I think
1: Yeah, that's the proper kind of Northern working men's Please welcome onto the stage Fat Barack Flamingo
2: Oh, I I don't like him usually But that Fat Barack
1: Flamingo He's alright
2: Opening for Bernard Manning At the Embassy Club Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Trying to belt out soul standards In a fog of B&H smoke um, (laughs) And saying Guys, I am actually a flamingo
2: so he's actually a flamingo in the 1970s
1: well variety did require all sorts of acts didn't it so maybe yeah he would have um have some flamingos of course he's cancelled now what flamingos are cancelled
0: Faberat flamingo is cancelled now yeah he um he was accused of touching up mr cadbury parrot
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually they were in love and they lived together in a nice house in surrey so well
2: there's two sides to every story
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would not about mr cabri's parrot for years <laughs> i used to annoy a friend of mine at school who for some reason had a massive crush on val kilmer and i used to point out <laughs> that he had one eye that was significantly bigger than the other which he doesn't if he does it's a very very slight thing but i was a teenager and never an arsehole <laughs> so i used to be like oh he's mr cabri's parrot what's his next film mr cabri's parrot the movie um yeah.
0: Cool. Mean wow.
1: girls nineties edition. So did he look like Tom York? Is that what you're saying? No, because Tom York doesn't have one eye bigger than the other, he's got one eyelid that droops down, so that's that's a different that's a different uh, yeah. thing. It's an actual yeah. just it's a size of a... Which puppet bird has an <laughs> eyelid that droops down? That's uh I don't know. Um Histor
2: Histor yeah Histor yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: the Tom York of the bird puppet world.
1: <laughs> yeah, well there we go. <laughs> good i
2: will trying to think I, of radio, radio egg that's the closest I can come up with because
0: <laughs> you're cheap like the bird's cheap I was yeah. going to say yeah Simon, <laughs> highs and lows <laughs> uh,
2: well I also saw uh, both per Things and Godzilla Minus One and they're both very very good um, but um, oh my goodness in that case I will go br- a brief saltburn detour, so I finally watched that, and that was cool. very good. And it's very interesting how they dumped it on Prime, mm. because basically everyone's slightly curious about it.
0: Well, I got a cinema release.
2: Yeah, but they put it on Prime really quickly. But this is sort of incredible, because basically anyone who's even slightly interested in it can see it and see what is to the normies. Hmm. Unbelievably disturbing. Like, Brett at my work was like, it's weird. It's so, so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. Did you like it? It's weird. What mm. he does, he's weird. He's weird what he does. It's weird. All day, he was banging on about how weird Saltburn was. So.
1: Have you seen the reaction video somebody did where they showed it to their nan?
0: Did her nan leave early?
1: <laughs> no, the, the nan kept going, switch it off. It's filth. But still remained watching it. Um, and at the end, her comment was, he wants locking up.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was like my wife was watching it. And she said at one point, oh, yeah. those are the wrong fluids. He's into the wrong fluids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have here a letter that was printed in the current issue of Radio Times.
2: <laughs> All right, Neville Chamberlain, I have it in my hand.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it
0: says, it seems that film and TV makers, are comp- actually, she's from Wales, It seems that film and TV makers are competing to see who could produce the darkest, most shocking and disturbing viewing. The movie Saltburn, Amazon Prime Video, was definitely in this category, and we found it incredibly offensive and unpalatable. Thank goodness for Antiques Roadshow and The Repair Shop, which don't leave you... I can't believe it says this, which don't leave you with a bad aftertaste. <laughs> Dawn Miller, Rovachis, Newport. Surely um, it wasn't
1: Gladys Pew from Heidi High. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the sub-editor of the letters page has headlined, has headlined that letter, Grave Situation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'd go Less with Grave Situation or, or Baby Gravy Situation. Either one of those would work.
0: Baby gravy situation isn't a well-known phrase, though, is it? That's the problem with that.
1: It's not, but grave situation is. So you'd have to put a bracket around baby and then a bracket <laughs> around the, the, the Y at the end and then you'd have to point out that, the yeah, okay, fair enough.
0: And then an arrow at the letter writer's name saying, so you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Antiques Roadshow in the Repair Shop aren't even films that you could go and see at the Cinnabar, so shut up, Dawn Miller. No,
1: and also, you <laughs> can like Saltburn and both of those things. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, you could.
1: You could. You could combine them to make some kind of mega... What, how would she sound? Midway through, they suddenly sort of stopped everything that was going on in the middle of Saltburn and started, like, <laughs> evaluating a... Like, they a do. A free... Antiques Saltburn, yeah. They, they, they do, yeah. They do, bit. yeah. Maybe that's why... Maybe that, that that's the point, actually. Maybe that's why they watched it.
0: Yeah, could well be, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, themes, antiques, and uh, suking up spunky water.
1: Yeah, spunky water, grave humping, and antiques.
0: That's the bit where Jay Blades from the repair shop sees the antique bath and says, there's a problem with this. (laughs) I don't know the voice. (laughs) I don't know how he speaks. Problem with this. Covered in spunk. Covered in spunk. What do you want to (laughs) do? What do you want to do? Lick it all up.
1: Lick it all up. And then you'll look at it and go, oh, my dad spunked in this bar And then <laughs> yeah. everyone will cry. Because that's what the it repair falls. shop is, as far yeah. as I know. People repair a nice thing that's got a particular memory and everybody cries. If anything, that's wronger than salt burn. I mean, at least, you know, that's that's a drama, right? You've got moral <laughs> objections to Willy's swinging around fine, but you're not. they're not emotionally <laughs> manipulating people
2: i guess the the bath in saltburn probably is worth a fair few bob if you yeah. brought it in and the problem with it was there's <laughs> so much spunk in God it it's, it's cracked
1: mm.
0: <laughs> oh, for the very least blocked
2: blocked yeah
1: oh yeah well it depends on viscosity of discharge anyway it's dr- <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness for antique floor
0: show, the repair shop and how clean is your house yeah. <laughs> Which don't leave you with a bad aftertaste. Um, my <laughs> low is I have a second ring. high.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I got distracted by the spunky bath talk.
2: Yeah. Well, speaking of... No, there's no spunky bath in this. It's a game, actually. Um, Alan Wake 2. Basically, it's about an, an author who, at the end of Alan Wake 1, is actually sucked down a drain into a dark dimension... And then you're like playing as him in the dark dimension and, uh, and an FBI agent. And I do not really play horror games because I find them a bit much. But I've heard this one was really good. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty full on, pretty scary. There's lots of things that whisper at you they are going to attack you. And I've taken to kind of going, no, not me. Nope, not me. They just tried to scare you. Which is very odd considering the horror films I've watched. I think probably some of the most brutal and terrifying ever. This is just like a creepy whisper because it's like you. It's really scary. With, uh, with game horror, I'm always like, well, why would you move forward? You're safe in this bit. Why would you go towards that scary thing? The second one point you're going in an abandoned subway station, I you hear, you know, a horrible shrieking, he's like, oh, that doesn't sound good. I'm like, well, I'll stay here then. I won't move forward. Then it will all be good forever. But no, you do move forward and... But then
0: you don't score points.
2: Score points? Score
0: points. Score,
2: you don't score points anymore in games, granddads. You don't get that on the high scoreboard. You don't get high scores. You get the satisfaction of good
1: storytelling, which you That's, won't get presumably if you don't don't if you yes. let, just let your character just I don't know <laughs> sit down and watch a telly.
2: Yeah, you can sit down and watch a telly in this game. They've got lots really of, like. Yeah, they've got all these weird live action sections where you watch hmm. characters in the game. And it's almost kind of Twin Peaks adjacent. It's set in like a small town. And there are these two local weirdos who like sell coffee and they like, this is the only coffee that doesn't taste like shit. Or like they've got like a <laughs> coffee world and they've got all these weird things that will fuck up kids with coffee. And then they've got, like, beers, like, drink this beer and drink, because it's made by a Finnish company, but it's set in America. And there's lots of weird, just Scandi stuff in it, which is appropriate for this this month. Mm. But they're like, drink the beer the Finnish way. You can use it to escape the trouble in your life. Or use it to cover your shriveling pee-pee at the shauna. And, like, just weird <laughs> stuff on the edges. <laughs> and, yeah, these, like, mad live action bits. Um, and there's a full musical partway through. It's a cracking game. Wow. But yeah. Smart. That sounds great. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, My low is
0: Feed Me, which is, well, I'll tell you what it's about. It's about a bloke who's depressed because his girlfriend died and uh, he can't think there's anything to live for. And there's this brash American salesman type that he meets in the pub and he offers him a way to relieve his burden, which turns out to be being cooked and eaten by him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, really? uh, it's a nice idea, but li- and Lionel <laughs> is this is not, not 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 realistically a nice idea. A nice idea for a film. <laughs> um, li- Lionel is this big clowny man. Um I was thinking it's quite typical of British comedies to have a quite depressing, miserable situation that some great big bumbling clown walks into.
2: <laughs> Do you mean the British government in 2019?
0: <laughs> I wasn't oui. thinking of that. I was thinking more <laughs> kind of Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton's yeah. work. You know, uh, but the people who made this, they are no Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton. It's uh it's very shit. And also Is
1: it based on the German cannibal story from a few yeah, years ago? Loosely, yeah, loosely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very loosely.
0: And um, all the pre-publicity for the film and even the press release when it came out says that Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth is in it. His scene must have been cut because he is not in it. Hmm. I think that's the only reason I watched it. Not that I'm a Cradle of Filth fan, but I do enjoy seeing Danny Filth on screen. I think it's funny when he turns up in things. Uh, My high was... Well, my high was poor things, but I will also apologise to Bryony for laughing when she said that the Pope's Exorcist was her high of 2023, because I watched it the very next night, and it's brilliant. It's really, really good.
2: They're doing a sequel, apparently. Yes. The Pope's other Exorcist.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The Pope's Exorcist
0: goes large.
1: The Pope's (laughs) um, (laughs) The Pope's
0: Um... Exorcist. Two.
1: Yeah. Electric Boogaloo? Yeah. Electric. <laughs> okay. <fine>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the clumps. <laughs> Russell Crowe plays eight members of the Pope's Exorcist family. He'd do it.
1: <laughs> he would he do would. it. And he'd, have, he'd probably have a lovely time as well. Yeah.
0: Right? And they'd all be from different parts of Europe. So yeah, they yeah. the different voices.
1: But they would mysteriously develop a Kiwi slash Aussie accent whenever they had to shout. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What I found surprising is that there is unsubtitled Italian dialogue in The Pope's Exorcist that is quite crucial to the plot. Hmm. And I was glad that it was simple enough Italian for me to understand it, because otherwise I would have been quite confused by some bits.
2: Hey, you've got to exercise on my uh, popamobile, eh? That's sort all
1: of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, that kind of thing, yeah, 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 yeah. I think if it was food items, I'd be all right, otherwise I'd struggle. Yeah. So if, if it was just was stuff that you'd find around. on the menu in Pizza Express, mm. it's a possessed a pasta.
0: <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> now, if you listened last month, you'll know that we now have a listener's quiz. audio! <laughs> we asked you to identify the theme of this month's episode based on the following clues to three of the titles that we're going to be discussing. Hello, oh, Mrs. Cyclops! Thriller, a.k.a. The Cooler (laughs) One-Eye. Black Circle. And Hour of the Wolf. So they were the clues to our theme of Swedish horror. And we had zero correct entries for that one. So no one wins any DX5 merch this time. There'll be another exciting game of ominous <laughs> audio later this episode. But, yeah. of course, Thriller, Black Circle and Hour of the Wolf are all Swedish horror movies, which brings us to this. Me, SOS. SOS by Abba there, which I assume is about the Swedish dish SOS, which stands for Smoor Ostok sill, and it's a Swedish appetiser made with butter, cheese and herring. Mm. Appetising.
2: Butter, cheese and herring? Hmm.
0: Butter, cheese mm. and herring.
2: Cheese and herring? I know. And butter. Butter, and butter. cheese and herring. Yeah. What sort yeah. of
1: cheese? Swedish cheese. I don't know what Swedish cheese is like. I'd be intrigued to try that anyway. Absolutely madcap.
2: Yeah. Cheesy fish. Cheesy fish. That's weird. That's just weird. It's weird. They're weird. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is weird, but when you hear something like that, you're like, okay, is it's weird, but it's not the weirdest thing, so maybe they're onto something.
2: Sure. But it's it's so it's so weird in such a normal way, but it's like herring is so flavourful and punchy, and then what's well, the cheese doing? I'm, yeah. yeah, intrigued.
0: Yeah, I mean we probably sound like right, Heathen's not liking fish and cheese, because I'm sure it's a perfectly normal combination. You get cheese and fish pies.
2: Oh yeah, but that's mild fish and like a mild cheese. This is a potent fish. Mm. potent oily bastards.
0: Yeah, it's probably the pickled herring as well, isn't it?
2: The pickled herring, yeah.
0: Maybe the cheese just makes it more palatable.
2: Maybe. Anyway,
0: mm. that's SOS. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we are now a cooking podcast.
1: Well, clearly ABBA didn't like it, hence the song. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're now a cooking podcast where we haven't actually eaten the food. We're just sort of... We're <laughs> just speculating. Yeah, like?
1: That
2: sounds weird. <laughs> 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 they do what with what? Ugh. <laughs> 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 By the way,
0: if you're wondering why this episode is called Swedish Death, it's because it sounds a little bit like Swedish Chef, one of my favourite
1: Muppets. Oh, Oh, the
0: pennies dropped for them. Great. Yeah.
1: Doesn't sound a lot like (laughs) it, but you know. I was just like, these films are Swedish and there's death in them. Yeah. Mm. You should have written Bork, 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 and then I would have known. Hey, Hey? what's that mean? That's what the Swedish Chef says.
2: You put you the put, you you fissure with the hearing. It does sound some thug he'd say. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think if all three of us tried to write down what the
1: Swedish chef says, then it'll come out completely differently. Yeah. I think it's hurdy, hurdy hurdy
2: It's like hoody hoody, hoody is in
1: it. No, he goes hurdy 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 burp burp burp. It's a it's part of his repertoire. So we're, we're okay. all technically we're all right.
2: Yeah. Do you think <laughs> they write it down for the? Yes. The, 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 okay. Uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. That it actually says hurdy burp, but you've said doopy burp. So could you take that again, please? <laughs> and it's
0: all absolute filth.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that goes without saying. Also, years and years ago, I don't know why this was a sudden revelation to them, but an ex of mine was really freaked out when he realised that the Swedish chef has human hands. Oh yeah, I was like, "Well, how else yeah. is he going to pick stuff up?" And it's like, "I thought he was a puppet. It was like, he's a puppet, and someone's hands are inside him." But that's weird.
0: I mean, I do picture a Swedish Chef as having furry hands, admittedly. Maybe he has, does he have furry hands in some shots
2: when he's I think not he's got furry doing? hands.
0: Maybe I
1: don't know.
2: But all the rest of the Muppet. Oh no, Wick, the bear's got furry hands, doesn't he? And the frog's just got hands on sticks. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: bear, the frog. There's no consistency <laughs> the when pig. it comes to Muppet hands, is what we're saying. No. Yeah, no consistency. <laughs> the, the, the bear, the frog, the pig. <laughs> the pig.
2: The fucking whatever that hook nose thing is. You know, those those guys. Love all characters. <laughs>
0: Did you know that in 2023 Sweden was ranked the 6th happiest country in the world Although 4th was Israel So I think we could safely say They'll break the top 5 this year (laughs) 6th happiest country in the world And yet they've given us Ingmar Bergman And specifically they've given us A comedy podcast about horror movies Ingmar Bergman's Hour of the Wolf Strap it in, this is going to be fun The hour of the wolf Is the hour between night and dawn It is the hour when most people die, when sleep is deepest, when nightmares are most real. It is the hour when the sleepless are haunted by their deepest fear, when ghosts and demons are most powerful. Ingmar Bergman's Hour of the Wolf. The hour in which reality becomes a mockery of madness, and masks hide behind faces. The hour of all final moments. Hour of the Wolf. A diary of truths and lies like truths. I don't understand what the hell he's talking about in that final line. A diary of truths and lies like truths. What does it mean?
1: Uh, I don't know. It's like that
2: game where you tell two lies about you and one truth or something, or the other way around. Oh, yeah. It's like an icebreaker for all the ghost days.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so a troubled artist has gone missing and his wife tells the story of the strange nightmares that led to his mental breakdown. boo It's bleak. It's exactly what you think an about. Bergman film is. Crashing waves on rocks and desolate landscapes and misery, miserable people.
2: Yeah, it's definitely him, isn't it? It's... Uh... Max von like, von, How do you pronounce it?
1: Sidow. Sidow? Sidow? Sidow. It's probably Shidoff.
2: Shidoff. Shidoff.
1: Max von Shidoff. Max von Shidoff. Max von
2: Shidoff, you miserable dickhead. Shidoff.
1: <laughs> if this shit film off. was made today and it was released by A24, would it be called Johan Needs to Calm Down? Yeah. <laughs> that's the artist's name, isn't it? His
0: his name, yes. Uh, I mean, he's having all these nightmares about the schoolmaster with the pointing stick in his trousers.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of kind of repressed sexual stuff and just general fears in the nightmares. And uh, clearly David Lynch has seen this film.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's got so much kind of influence on the Razorhead and Lost Highway and Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. definitely also yeah.
1: the scene with the party genuinely made me feel really anxious in the way that social scenes quite often make me feel really anxious but i've never seen that conveyed quite so well on film before
2: yeah and they're all got loads of conversations with him and at him and about him and yeah what does she see in him that's why i want to know why is she so keen to love this absolute bloody misery guts
1: <laughs> yeah i was wondering that and clearly she's um stronger than her husband and she's able to get through it because she's kind of like, no, I love him and I'm steadfast and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, maybe he used to be fun. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's got a massive cock. He might have a massive cock, yes. Might have a massive
2: cock. Bergman said it was slightly autobiographical. uh, Oh, right, that bit. That bit. Yeah, the bit about having a massive cock.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know the bit at the start over the opening credits where there's all this drilling and banging? It's basically the fourth wall breaking where you can hear the people on set setting up the scene. So they're drilling away, they're banging away, there's lots of excited chatter. Then the director calls action and you're like, oh, what's going to be? And it's just a woman sitting at a garden table for five minutes. Talking to camera. (laughs) What were they doing? What was all (laughs) this? All I can think is like they thought, fuck, we'd have the garden table. Someone build a garden Garden table, table. quick. We're going to make the films
1: in like 10 minutes. (laughs) Was it just like, shit, the director's coming, better look busy. Give me (laughs) a board and some nails. (laughs) And and if you listen closely, you can hear Bergman say, by the way, the main character's based on me and he's got a massive. Massive cock. Yeah,
0: Yeah, there's an outtake where Max von Schidau says, So what is my motivation for this scene? And Bergman goes, You've got a massive massive cock. cock. (laughs) (laughs) Just enormous.
2: Bergman played by Gandalf there.
0: (laughs) You have most massive cock.
2: (laughs) Also the hour of the wolf is where I do my best fucking, so you know. Most people die, people get sad. Also, you fucking get down to business, so it could be a wait for the hour of the wolf.
0: Mm. Wikipedia says the ceiling walk scene was achieved through trick photography. That's all it says. Great. I'm glad they put that in Wikipedia because I thought it was, they found a man who could actually walk on the ceiling.
1: Wikipedia ruined the magic there because every time anyone yeah. does anything like that in a film, I instantly think, you know, God, that's amazing. Give him an Oscar now.
2: Yeah. yeah. Best ceiling walker. Yeah. <laughs> Lionel Richie, five years running.
0: Couldn't do that with uh, massive cock.
2: Walk on the ceiling? No. Nah. Well,
1: why not? They're just. Oh, you're thinking you gravity would get in? The- well, there'd be yeah. there'd be some strap. Maybe if there was some strapping going on, I don't know. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, you could you could sort of tether yourself to the ceiling with your massive cock. Oh, you could do
1: that as well. No, I was just thinking that they'd be up there, but they'd have it kind of tucked oh, right. right. away somewhere, sort of wrapped around the leg. Yes, yeah. that's right.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like the symbol for medical professionals that they have on ambulances.
1: Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah. It's the same yeah. cock
0: yeah. <laughs> wrapped around his leg. <laughs> it's like, Switzerland has given the world the Red Cross. I shall make sure Sweden has something similar and appropriate. An image of my cock wrapped around my
2: leg it is his massive. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed everyone went along with it, really.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's the power of being a cinematic auteur. You could basically yeah. do anything.
2: Yeah, that's it. They all watch personas like just fucking let this guy do what he wants.
1: You know, all the tunnels in the London Underground are actually based on the shape of um, <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock's arsehole.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's in all of them all together. So his, like, was like Arseholes is like a maze of tube lines. Yeah, yeah, I, guess, yeah. I guess our arseholes are all a maze of tube lines, I suppose, although they would go one direction.
0: Speak for yourself. I had to think of my turds having to solve a labyrinth every time they <laughs> <want to laughs> drop into the toilet bowl.
2: Maybe had really early case of Crohn's disease. They kept taking different bits out on different junctions, and then uh. you've already, you've got uh got you know the central line.
0: So unfortunate, the central line is red, really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, Given the context.
1: Oh, so green or various shades of blue would be better.
0: Blue, the Bakerloo would be much more appropriate. That's all I'm saying.
1: Well, they're quite a lot of different colours innards, so.
2: Yeah, there's the Victorian intestine, the Northern intestine. The...
1: <laughs> there's the Waterloo and City intestine, but that's yeah. only open certain hours. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Not to forget the brand new Elizabeth anal sphincter. God bless <laughs> <a> you, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, rest in it's peace. It's what
1: she would have wanted. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> the tunnels there are based on her particular. Yeah. Royal anatomy.
2: Yeah, maybe each <laughs> line is based on the person's intestines it was named after. Yeah. So what? The Jubilee line is based on David Jason's lovely yeah. jubbly? <laughs> lovely jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> lovely jubilee. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's how the Swedish David Jason says it. <laughs> 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 lovely jubbly. <laughs> 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 you put a plonker in your armpit? Not be you plonker. Not the you
1: There have been international versions of Only Fools and Horses, so I wonder if there was a Swedish one.
2: Only cheese and herrings. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Anyway, I think we've uh, covered Hour of the Wolf there in
2: great detail. Definitely. (laughs) It's really good. It is really good. It
1: is really, really good. (laughs) Yeah. And I realised that this was actually the first Ingmar Bergman film that I'd seen. Um, I thought I'd seen others, but it turns out what I'd seen instead was Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey (laughs) and a French and Saunders sketch from the 80s. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I watched Persona actually uh, this month I prefer it to Hour of the Wolf
2: hmm. yeah Persona is really excellent
0: yeah I'm totally going to check out more of his stuff I'm going to watch mm. Seventh Seal
2: Seventh Seal's good Wild Strawberry good, good um, there's some there's some one about nuns that's quite fucked up Um is it um, yeah.
0: nude nuns with big nuns
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Can we get even more miserable than Hour of the Wolf, though? Film number two is 1973's Thriller, A Cruel Picture, which is about a mute and vulnerable young woman who's forced into prostitution and heroin addiction. Another cheery one, then. I mean, I I like this. I like this. I've always liked
1: this. my two-word review of this would be fucking hell
2: yeah
1: <laughs> doesn't mean I disliked it. it was a very interesting film and the bits where the woman goes proper kind of revenge shooty bang bang are quite iconic and stylish. I could see yeah. exactly why Quentin Tarantino went yep that lady with an eye patch kicking ass no worries there um but yeah it's it's a it's a very very odd one because it's so bleak at the start oh, this scene's going to be rapey, and then suddenly it cuts to another scene of people who aren't in that scene actually fucking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Which you could argue was being a stylistic choice and that, okay, she's disassociating, so that's why that's in there. But then, according to the great um, oracle of Wikipedia, the um, director just put that in because that was what was expected of Swedish films at the time. It's absolutely mad.
0: Well, I watched the documentary about Mm. the making of it and he says his first film had been a massive flop, so he decided to make the most commercial film he could think of. (laughs) But also, yeah, I know, I know. But also the hardcore sex in it was there to do what it what it does which is to make go oh, fucking hell this is a really horrible grim situation
2: mm. yeah what would that woman from the radio times think of, <laughs> think of that well, Yeah. <laughs> mm. i mean i uh end up watching quite a few of these on the bus because you know my wife yeah. does not like horror films i put this on and usually i can sort of just if there's something a bit dodgy Maybe, you know, angle the iPad away. This, just a full screen of just a, a cock going into a, into a fanny, just actually just actually hardcore.
0: You have to stop watching documentaries about the making of the London Underground on the bus.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apparently the reason that Madeline is mute in the film is because Christina Lindbergh, the actor, was rubbish at delivering her lines. Really? She says that in the documentary. She says, I wasn't very good at delivering the lines, so he just said, well, we'll make the character mute.
2: Right. So they added a whole subplot about a child being fiddled just for that.
1: That's weird. It's almost like a sort of folktale trope of people who were traumatised not being able to speak. So I assume they were going for something like that.
0: But Maybe this director who says he was trying to make the most commercial film ever and that she... Mind you, well, Christine Lindbergh herself says that's the reason she doesn't speak in it. Um, hmm. But maybe they're... Maybe the, Maybe they're talking bullshit. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's a documentary full of lies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Any kind of documentary sort of behind the scenes with, with movies, there's always a lot of myth making that goes on. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna say this.
2: Yeah.
0: You know
1: the um bit where she gets
0: stabbed in the eye? Oh
1: yeah. that's gross. Yeah, oh. that's very, very grim. You know how
0: they did that effect?
2: I heard how they were rumoured to do that. Effect. They went
0: down the morgue, they got a girl who'd just killed herself, and they oh. stabbed her the eye.
2: Oh. Uh. I would say that is the first of his bad pimping decisions. He's bad at being a pimp, because why would he do that? Like, he's lucky that it makes her go up in value. He's very lucky in that sense. Mm. And then he lets her have all this free time, where she goes off and gets all these lessons on how to, like, you know, shoot people real good, beat people up, and then, you know, takes her revenge. Like, what is he up to? What is he playing? Like, if that was his supervisor, terrible.
0: When he fakes the letter to her parents on the farm doesn't he put the return address on the envelope? yeah he does yeah he does schoolboy era
2: absolutely competent mm. i mean you know it's come up and so many things but you know incompetence is one of them
0: there's a same way he's doing a drug deal in front of a plate glass shop window with
1: yeah no dark alleys for tony no <laughs> well, you could sort of view it sort of nihilistically like this man doesn't care he does all this shit nobody gives a fuck so people have to take the law into their own hands. Yeah. But you think that somebody would adopt him in at some point because he, he is quite a bad pimp.
0: And he sounds like Alan Rickman in Die Hard.
1: He does. I was going to say I wanted there to be maybe some cut dialogue from Die Hard where um, Hans Gruber talks about his Swedish cousin that we don't talk about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the yeah.
1: cousin in Sweden. He is yeah. a dickhead.
2: Yeah, even yeah. by the standards of the Gruber family, an absolute <laughs> twat. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but the Grubers just wanted to nick stuff. The, the, the Grubers, I've made it sound like they're all like, <laughs> they're all like his idiot brothers. That he's, yeah. um, And Alan Rickman American
2: plays Academy every part of. and does all the
1: accents. Oh, what could have been? Rest but yeah, peace. he really does sound like Alan Rickman. What's the
0: name of um, Gruber in... Is there a, a Gruber in LOLO? There is, yes. Lieutenant Gruber. Hubert Gruber. And there's a Mr. Gruber in Paddington, isn't there? Who I think is played by Peter Capaldi in the films. So... The Gruber family stretches far and wide across Europe and they've mm. got up to all sorts.
1: They have, yeah. It's quite a varied section of branches of the family. You've got a grumpy man in London versus pimping, eye-gouging man in Sweden.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I watched the new 4K release. If
0: I say new, I think it came out last year. Yeah, mad film to get a 4K upgrade. It's too clean. It's too bright and colourful. Thriller should not look like that.
1: Going back to the Only Fools and Horses theme, <laughs> when she karate chops the two guys down the docks or wherever it is, towards the end. Mm. Oh, they're, they're policemen, aren't they? Except they're wearing jumpsuits, which look quite stylish, but... Oh, yeah, they look like Thunderbirds. That's my I thought to that. Yeah. One of them, when he's been knocked out with the face he's pulling, he looks like Rodney Trotter. <laughs>
0: Do you think the Swedish David Jason was just around the
1: corner? He was, yeah. It's ready to call him a plonker. plunker. Plunker. Blunke.
2: The slow motion deaths were good, weren't it? Like, really, like, they oh, were, yeah, yeah. Look at that. You really wanted these people to fucking. Die. It was. And she looks so good, like, yeah, as you say, really into iconic, like, yeah,
1: forget her Absolutely. doing lines well,
2: just her face was. Oh.
1: Her angry face, and the fact that she's got different coloured eye patches depending on what she's wearing, and at the end, she's got the leather coat on yeah. and the flares, and it's just like, yeah, stylish revenge.
2: Could they have gotten to the revenge bit without quite such a clever kind of wallowing through a swamp? I sort of mm. I mean, I sort of almost respect how thoroughly it was awful in some ways, but also like, the film could have been as good if you I don't know maybe a bit less weird anal sex with strange mm. music. But yeah, there you go, most commercial film possible. That's the way you yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Marvel needs to do to get back on top.
1: Yeah. Did it actually make money? Was it successful? Did his? Um... It was the first billion dollar film made by a Swede. <laughs> Wow, okay, well, there we go. <laughs> and yeah, he wasn't nominated
0: for a Best Director Oscar. It was an outrage.
1: Ah. <laughs> oh, disgraceful. With a couple doing the fucking nominated. Best Adolf <laughs> Cum Shot in a mainstream cinema. Yes. Release. Yeah. Because it's quite a sort of quick cut the first time the porn stuff happens. I was like, did that really happen? It was almost like the end of Fight Club where they have a sort of subliminal image yeah. of the penis. And then when it came back again, and it was a longer bit. I immediately went, hmm, how are they filming that? Must have put the camera at sort of bollock
0: level. <laughs> put a camera at bollock level, that's how they do it. They put a camera at bollock level. It's a classic okay, portrait shot, fair enough. bollock level camera.
1: <laughs> bollock cam. Yeah. Well, these days they probably put a camera actually in the bollocks.
0: But I've just checked Wikipedia. The uh, shot of the bollocks at camera level was achieved by trick photography. <laughs> and straps.
2: <laughs> I mean, genuinely deserve an Oscar if that was a trick bollock. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Talking of which, I was very surprised when I watched Ingmar Bergman's persona that in the
1: very first minute there's an erect cock. I yeah. was not expecting that. It's art though, so you can get away yeah, exactly. with a willy in art. Absolutely. And you just be like, mm, hmm, that's yeah. good. Strokey, strokey chin. Paint with your dick, as opposed to strokey, strokey dick. Anyway, film number three, <laughs> uh, Let the Right
0: One In, isn't exactly all happy, happy, joy, joy either. A bullied schoolboy gets a vampire girlfriend who teaches him how to fight back. I think it's good, but it's too tasteful.
2: Is it because they don't show all the killings in close-up and they keep it, they keep the distance?
0: Have you read the book, Cliff? Oh, I don't read books, do I? I don't read novels. It's probably all in Swedish, isn't it? I can't read Swedish.
1: You could buy it in a translation. Someone who speaks <sighs> Swedish and English has done it in English.
2: They've got wow. subtitles. The book is twice the size.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a pop-up penis in the middle of it. Oh, brilliant. Um, cool. I'll buy the book. The book really goes for it in the kind of splattery sense to an almost ridiculous degree. It kind of reads like someone was clearly into Stephen King and inhaled a load of coke and a load of Marvel comic books and a load of disgusting slasher movies. And um, it's very, very over the top. So it's quite interesting that the film pairs all of that right back and um i do like this movie i liked it very much when i first saw it it's been a while i think it could do with being a little bit shorter normally i don't mind yeah. things having a bit of a languid pace but it's just like no just just get on with it you've still got mm. you've got like the core relationship which is nicely played and you've got the revenge against the bullies fine but it just takes a very very long time for all the pieces to line up and for it to go anywhere
2: yeah, yeah and you've got all the subplots with all the characters and the housing estate and yeah i mean it's quite funny when she's attacked by the cats
1: yeah, there's some dodgy CG.
0: I was distracted at the start of the film, but Hawken, the old man that Ellie the vampire lives with, looks exactly like Mike Bat, the creator of the uh, Wombles hmm. as a pop
2: group. Yeah. Oh, it does look like him. Oh my God. Yeah, Could have been him.
0: Well, he wasn't wearing his little sheriff's badge, so that's how you know it's not Mike Bat. No, no, no. I once had a go on. Oh, but I didn't have a go at him. I mentioned. I thought <laughs> you said time. I
1: once had a go on him. I was like, <laughs> I once had a go on Mike Bat?" No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: um, I tweeted once. Why, whenever Mike Bat pops up on telly, he's always wearing that stupid fucking sheriff's badge. Hmm. And Mike Bat replied saying, "Because I like it."
2: Did you tag him in, or was he searching for his own name?
1: Yeah, he, was, he searched. For, of course, <laughs> I didn't tag him in.
2: <laughs> Must be just there, putting his name in, replying to everyone who mentions him.
1: Mm. Yeah. In the book, that character, instead of being killed, turns into a giant penis monster and goes rampaging around the neighbourhood.
0: What? I don't know if I hope you're lying or not.
1: No, I'm not lying. That's genuinely what happens in the book.
0: He turns into a penis monster.
1: Yeah, he turns into a penis monster. In what sense? As in he turns into a giant penis and he fucks <laughs> shit up.
0: His face turns into the helmet and his body turns into the shaft his feet turned into the balls.
1: I think it might be described in a slightly more poetic way than that, but yeah. His <laughs> <laughs> head he turned into the sharks.
0: <laughs>
2: the poetry of the penis monster. Yeah. Does it rhyme?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. That, that would be the okay. Doctor's Use remix, which sadly is only available in <laughs> Swedish.
2: There once was a man named Mike Bat who did something the opposite of a twat. <laughs> <laughs> he had to take stock when he became a big cock uh, and rampaged. What's the matter with that? Very
1: nice. That's Oi,
0: serious. cock monster, why are you wearing a sheriff's badge? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> where would he wear it as a cock monster though if he's doing his piece to camera about oh yeah of course we did the wombles and he's got his sheriff's badge on but if he's then turned into a <laughs> That's giant it, cog, so you'd know it's him yeah but, but where, what I'm saying is where would he have it and where would he be talking out of I think like a
2: Prince Albert surely yeah yeah,
1: yeah that yeah. would make the most sense I guess but then Talk, but how would you how would you do that shot how would you film a giant sentient <laughs> cock monster as a talking head in a BBC4 <laughs> music documentary this is what I want to know <laughs> trick photography
2: I think <laughs> they probably have him played by an actor like they used to do with Jerry Adams or something like, we cannot have my <laughs> Back <laughs> because he's become a giant <laughs> cock monster but we do want to get his thoughts on the wobbles. so <laughs> he's played by the guy who was there let the right one in his uh, who, <laughs> character did become a giant cock monster, but not in the film, crucially. Yes.
0: Ah, oh, my favourite credit in the Ed credits is there's someone credited as mental coach, and I just hope it's someone who drove a coach really badly. <laughs> <laughs> We have to get to this next location now. Oh, do we have to go to the mental coach? Yes we do. Yay, mental coach, mental coach.
1: Sorry, are they all pam doof in this
2: situation? <laughs> <laughs> Got a mental coach. <laughs> Why is it called that the right one in? It's
0: something to do with vampires, isn't it? No, I know, I know,
2: but there's not it's no choice between vampires. There's one vampire. Let that one in. There's not other ones.
1: So it's like you're okay to let this one in because you've got a relationship with this vampire and you know she's all right. She's kosher. but one of
2: the good ones. You wouldn't yeah.
1: let another one in because they're going to fuck things up.
2: Well it should be let this one in.
1: Yeah, let this one in. Not that one. Yeah. And then the sequel would be Don't Let That One In. Don't let that one in. <laughs> the, the um the third in the trilogy would be You let that one in, didn't you, you big Wally. Ooh
2: You've only gone and let that one in, Rodney. <laughs> <Blinker>. <laughs> you plinker, plinker, Rodney, you let Blinker, the wrong plinker. one in. You <laughs> plinker.
1: why do you put cheese on the headings? Simon,
0: why does your version of Swedish David Jason sound like he's about to break out into If I Was a Rich Man?
2: (laughs) (laughs) If I Was a Rich Man. (laughs) I
0: suppose it's not far off from One Day We'll Be Millionaires, Rodney, is it? Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly, yes. Thematic, that's right.
2: Fiddler on the Roof was very much the only fools and the horses of its day. (laughs) Yes.
0: We're going to take a break from the Swedish films now because it's time to open our brand new horror help desk. If you've got a bone in your teeth or a bone of contention or if you've got a bone to pick we'll take the bones off your beef at the horror help desk so nell cause that would be sick And our first email to the horror help desk has come from listener Sam who writes Dear Devils As a lover of the horror genre there's a collective agreement among horror fans that Rob Zombie's films are terrible and widely hated However I don't agree with the status quo. I love his films. They're disgusting, vile, and full of irredeemable characters. Sounds like this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. They all take place in the Rob Zombie universe. And I actually enjoy his usual tropes of greasy hair, terrible dialogue, and needless swearing.
2: Sounds like this podcast. <laughs> I feel seen. <sane. laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> is there Are something people? wrong with me? Or is everyone else just too harsh on Mr. Robert Zombie? So thank you, Sam, for that. Uh, let's see if we can help you. Taking it from the top then, Uh, there's a collective agreement among horror fans that Rob Zombie's films are terrible and widely hated. Uh, Well, we did discuss this on whatever episode it was. I should have taken a note uh, where we covered Rob Zombie and Eli Roth's films. Is there a collective agreement? No. Uh,
1: No, there
2: isn't. (laughs)
1: No. (laughs) No.
0: Simon, you've only seen one of his films anyway, you are saying.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I don't get the sense there's a collective agreement. I mean, it's not for me because it's pointless shit, but, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> You've collectively agreed.
2: Yeah, yeah. The collective inside my head, of all my various voices inside this greasy-haired dome, uh, <laughs> do, you know, saw one of his films, and was like, nah. All the things Sam enjoys, I don't enjoy, but so collectively...
0: Not bothered. Moving on, he says, however, I don't agree with the status quo.
1: And he's capitalised status quo, which yes. suggests that... Well,
0: it suggests that he's sat down with Francis Rossi and Rick Parfitt.
1: Well, Rick Parfitt is dead, so they would have had to have been a Ouija board. It's been a while ago. Yeah. Just or sort of spooky
2: stuff that Rob Zombie might do in one of his films. Resurrect, which everyone's dead.
0: Yeah, Rob Zombie does like references to 70s rock.
2: Yeah.
1: That's true, but it's. I feel like status quo were a little bit too British for him. But maybe this is the new direction Rob Zombie could go in.
2: Well, yeah, that's the way to get an Oscar, isn't it? Is like make a film about rock stars, you know, hmm. like uh, fucking Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, the one about Elton John. Rob Zombie could make the status quo film. Where yeah, he'd cast his wife as the, one of
1: them. Surely he'd cast his wife as Rick Parfit and then Francis Rossi would play himself. No, no, Bill
0: Moseley would play Francis Rossi.
1: Actually, yes, I can see that.
2: That's probably the only way you get me to watch a status quo film or a Rob Zombie film, actually, if it was one doing the other.
0: So I'm looking at the list of status quo members. Uh, on the Wikipedia page, there's a photo of them. It says left to right, Francis Rossi, so that's Bill Mosley. Rick Parfitt, that's Jerry Moon Zombie. Alan yeah. Lancaster. Uh, who does that look like? It actually looks like Bungle from Rainbow.
1: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Well, and he could be played by Bungle from Rainbow. He's not doing a yep, lot at the moment.
0: No, yeah. and then John Coughlin, brackets obscured. So I picture in this film, John Coughlin is just someone that you just hear in the background, but you never actually see him. People are always standing in front of him in every scene. He's the drummer, I presume. So he could be played by he could be played by the cock monster that Mike Bat turned into. Yeah, he could be played or- by Mike Bat
1: could be played by Mike Bat, uh, but then he'd insist on being seen because he'd want people to see the Sheriff's Badge. So,
0: uh, But he could shine the uh, Sheriff's Badge up <laughs> into the stage lights so it reflects, right. and there's kind of like a aura.
1: He's behind his drums, mm-hmm. and then you just get a little glint of light off the Sheriff's Badge. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait a second. The drummer is a cock monster, and that's what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I reckon. And uh, to make it more of a Rob Zombie film... Um, their songs have to be called things like, cunt, I'm fucking in the fucking army now, motherfucker. And yeah. fucking rocking all over the
1: fucking world. You cunts. You shits.
0: your shits. your
1: shits. Anyway, status quo don't like Rob Zombie. So this movie's never going to happen. It's what we've
2: established. Uh, damn it. I'm more than scared. <sighs> you know, yeah. if the money's
1: good enough, if the money's
0: good enough. No, but Rob Zombie's status quo biopic, I think that's, that's the way forward. I think that's, uh, Horror Help Desk. Um, we need to come up with some kind of catchphrase for when we've resolved a Horror Help Desk issue.
2: Um, that was a scarily good... Uh, no, not that. Sort of... Not that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm vetoing that. I'm not saying that.
1: <laughs> we done it. We are skill. There we go. Well, yeah, we've done that. We are skill. <laughs> is that really what we're going with?
2: <laughs> it's a work in progress.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah, we're feeling we're filling stuff out as we go. So that is a... Uh, Horror Help Desk Inquiry helped out with
0: (laughs) or something. (laughs) If you want us to help you with your horror or (laughs) supernatural-based disputes, (laughs) rants or problems, DM us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or email dx5podcast at gmail.com. Back to the Swedes now. And film number four is 2019's Kokodee Kokoday, which takes us into a nightmarish Groundhog Day as the characters painted on a child's music box come to murderous life to terrorise her parents on a camping trip. Uh, My favourite film that we
1: watched for this month.
2: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I really like this. Yeah, it's um, well. To be fair, this is a, this has been a good crop of films, but this one, yeah, I, I like the fact that a lot of stuff is not explained. I mean, what are the characters on the the music box? Are they characters from a folk tale? Don't think so. It's a very, very weird and specific, yeah, set of people. But that's not explained, and that's okay because you're just kind of like, mm. okay, this is a nightmare. This is kind of nightmare rules, and they're genuinely unsettling. And um, and I love the bit with the shadow puppets. Yeah, I could
0: do without those bits to be honest. They reminded me a bit too much of uh, that awful act, Attraction, who won Britain's Got Talent a few years ago with their mawkish shadow puppetry. But
1: I thought it was a nice respite from the general sense of nightmare, but it was still what quite What I was going to say,
0: yeah, what I was going to say is that it is one of the things that makes it such a cool film, that it takes mm. time out to do that. I think for something that goes on for about five minutes or so, the animation should be better, really, than it is. It's, it's a bit too simple to watch that for too long.
1: Not quite. I quite like the fact that it feels it's someone's cobbled it together. Yeah. And it's the weird people from the music box that have come to life that are doing the Shadow Puppets, I think, isn't it? There's those other two weird characters at the start
0: where they're having the lunch at some bar and these two clowns turn up.
2: Oh God, they're really freaky. Really they're. freaky. I'd forgotten all about them because I've seen this film before.
0: I would happily watch another film where we just follow them into the cabaret room and watch their cabaret for an hour
2: and a half. Mm. I say I watched it a second time and I, I watched this, is and uh one of the beginning, I was like, huh, I don't remember there being a little kid in this. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. the kid, the kid dies and that's the inciting instant. It's so, the, the bit where they find the kid's dead is so well done, and so upsetting. Yeah, it and, is. And kind of funny. Like in yeah. a in a really like
1: yeah, there's a lot of very very dark chuckles to be had from this. Oh, I'm just gonna cut yeah.
0: that. as you're just saying the bit where they find the kid dead? It's very funny.
1: So very funny. <laughs> very very Lol. funny. Like,
2: oh, <laughs> it is. I did like laugh a little bit at it. It, it is yeah, but it sort of pictures it brilliantly.
0: I really like the make-up on the, on the mum from when she has the anaphylactic reaction, the, the, oh, the allergic yeah. reaction.
2: Yeah, no, it sort of does look a bit like Mike Bat again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Do you have any theories about what's actually happening? Because I think Tobias, the dad, is just sort of catastrophizing in his head about what might happen. Yeah. And mm. he's just thinking his wife's going to die. And every time he tries to go and save her, he ends up getting killed as well because he's such a pussy.
1: Yeah. Maybe, but then the bit where she goes off on her own, is that her version of it? But that's a different her, isn't it? Yeah, it's a different actor. Yeah, different actor. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe the other bits are like his catastrophizing and that's her catastrophizing, but she's gone in a different direction with it.
2: I think the purpose of the things is to teach them lessons and and the lesson that's teaching him is to kind of let go a bit.
1: mean, just kind of a, a done to death trope about horror movies being about grief, but I think that this one very definitely is and the way it handles it is mm. really, really interesting because it's the sense of you yeah. can't stay fixed reliving things because everything just you know keeps on moving. And that unfortunately includes losing people that we care about. What I love about this film is that it could mean nothing yeah. at all, it could mean loads of other stuff. What this reminded me of is um, that famous interview with David Lynch where someone goes, Explain your movie, and he just goes, No. Yeah, mm. but rather than feeling like oh they're deliberately not explaining it, it doesn't make sense. It makes sense enough, and you go along with the journey. You know, you're kind of okay with the meanings being a little bit uncertain because there's yeah. so many that you could you could use.
2: Well, and it's just so effective. The initial attack is so brutal, and then the yeah. follow-up is so it really sets you on edge. And it's so well done that it mm. you know it's a face value horror story, or it's definitely something bubbling under.
0: Could have a better title. I imagine the titles put a lot of people off.
1: Yeah, it's a mad title. Is that an actual Swedish nursery rhyme or one that was made up for this film? I don't think so. Yeah, Yeah. I think it was made up. I
0: think it was made up in the same sense that I think haddock and cheese and butter sounds ringing. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Just speculation. (laughs) Should have done the research.
1: Aren't the lyrics to that something along the lines of, my cockerel is dead, he will no longer sing Coco D, Coco Day. So it's the rooster noise, that's what it is.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, like Cockadoodle doo Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cock doo yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, it's like you've been called a film Cockadoodle doo <laughs> <laughs> Oh, check out my new uh, serious meditation on grief. Uh, it's kind of like the Babadook, <laughs> but more obscure and interesting. What's the film called? It's called cock doo it's, it's not going to fly, is it?
1: No, no. There's almost kind of a bit of a folk horror vibe as well. Oh, it's Like these kind definitely. of weird characters. That I mean, it's just obviously in the forest, which is beautiful.
0: Their drive to the forest. I could, I could watch a whole film where it's just shot in the back seat, watching the back of their heads as they're bickering in the car.
2: Oh god, yeah. the arguments were a bit much. Like I'm like, no, those are just like just like proper real arguments. Yeah, so they
1: they were very well done though. Too well done, actually.
2: <laughs> Why go camping? Why? try and get your life back together by doing a shitty camping trip in the first
1: place. That guy's off his fucking nut. Everyone says you should get out and um, hang around in nature and that will fix you. Yeah. Of course it doesn't, because you're still you. You're still bringing your demons yeah. out. Plus you've got the additional issue with whether to go out of the tent for a piss or somebody coming and killing you.
2: Oh, what she needs there are these piss bags these days, right, where you can piss into it and it just turns into a gel and then you can mm. get rid of the gel. Mm. So if she'd had one of those...
0: You're bringing them to Glastonbury, are you?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, Alex is like definitely getting them.
0: How heavy are
1: they to start with?
2: Not heavy. I think there's just like some some powder or something that turns piss into gel. I don't know. I'm not Willy Wonka. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was that the first draft, Willy Wonka's piss-related camping accessories factory? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the
0: bit where Augustus Gloop drowned was much more harrowing than that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> river of piss. <laughs> He's, he just loves drinking piss so much, he can't resist it. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, his forward leading over into the river, yeah. going yum, yum, yum. isn't it?
2: Oompa, loompa, oompa-dee-dis, <laughs> this, this little boy was addicted to piss that <laughs> <laughs> little bit, a, a bit topple again.
1: <laughs> leave it in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, leave it in the toilet, <laughs>
2: don't put your mouth in. <laughs>
1: characters though well mike tv would be called mike t TV yeah he, he likes watching um piss related pornos
2: well or he's got a special nappy you can wear while you watch tv so you don't have to go to the toilet
1: uh yeah and in the end it explodes
2: yeah
0: and veruca salt would be like i want a piss i want a big piss <laughs> and violet beauregard's the other one if you're trying to remember yeah, yeah. She's called yellow by Ricard in this version. Yeah, <laughs> nice. yeah, it turns there into a massive
2: go. yellow, like, piss thing. I mean, look. Yeah, a massive yellow piss thing. It's a first draft, guys.
1: A massive, massive catheter that's quite full. <laughs> not sure what the Oompa would sing after that, though. Um, sticking a, <laughs>
2: <sticking laughs> a pipe into your urethra sounds like fun...
0: <laughs> That's terrible. It's, you I'm know, so glad we've got a musical comedy improviser on this uh, podcast.
2: <laughs> to your u three, your, your your urethra is. They've not had it in many lyrics to songs.
0: Oh, it's one of those words that nothing rhymes with
2: urethra.
1: They'd have to do it at the end. It would be like take care of your urethra.
0: Pay it respect. Pay it respect. Ah, take care of your urethra. Respect it like ha <laughs>
2: One thing about Aretha Franklin is she really, really respected her urethra. That's
1: what that song's about.
2: Yeah. You better think what you're trying to do to pee.
1: Sorry, is Franklin another word for urethra?
2: (laughs) Urethra Franklin? So she's called Aretha Urethra? That's like a Cockney rhyming slang, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's going to drain my Franklin.
1: Going to drain my urethra, yeah. I'm
2: going to train my urethra is not cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> no, train my Franklin is the cockney rhyming slang. That is, you know. is that actually
1: cockney rhyming slang? Because I've never heard that before.
2: No, I, I made up just right here and there. Oh, okay.
1: Well, there See, we is... breaking new ground. Yes. One piss joke at a time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And for our fifth and final film, (laughs) hence why we're still devil times five, you see, five films an episode. It's 2018's Black Circle, in which a mind-expanding self-help record has the unfortunate side effect of giving listeners an unwanted doppelganger.
2: I thought this was shit. Yeah, cack circle, mate.
1: I didn't mind this. I thought it was all right. I get the feeling that this may have worked better if it had been a short story,
0: I think it might have been better if they'd had a bit more money to depict the whole scary doppelganger thing a bit better and some better ideas.
2: But or like fewer
1: ideas.
0: The start is really good because <laughs> did, did you do it? Did you stare into the black circle?
2: Yeah.
1: Did stare into the black circle. It was great, yeah. in it?
0: And then a skeleton pops out.
1: Oh, it's <laughs> so good. <laughs> the 70s videos about the hypnosis were, were very well done as well. There was a bit yes. of a, a Shivers vibe and also a bit of a kind of yeah. Peter Strickland one as well. Yeah,
2: I thought the beginning was generally really good. Like, uh, pretty much until they start... It's until they have to answer the question, what are we doing here? We've got a record that makes a doppelganger. That's a good, creepy idea. And then after that, I think you just ran out of money and they're like, well, we've got one set. And oh, just too many scenes of... People walking around.
0: I've never seen the traitors, but when they're just standing around in that room arguing with each other and accusing each other of being fake or whatever, I thought, is this what the traitors is like?
1: I've Basically, never watched yeah. that for the simple reason that I saw five minutes once and it just made me really stressed. Oh, it's It's
2: phenomenal. It's just like, yeah, just watching people lie to each other all the time and people think they're amazing and they, like, make such ridiculous plays. And it is quite like this film in that they produce weird doppelgangers and there's lots of subplots about old gods.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they have good uh, euphemisms for taking a shit, like, I want you to reach the ethereal double that has come out of your bowels.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's nothing but euphemisms for taking a shit. Great.
0: I wouldn't watch a film called Brown Circle
2: no that's the uh, Bakerloo line isn't it
1: yes exactly yeah we're back to Alfred Hitchcock's bum again (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> as these things it's come, always do it's come full circle uh, full it? circle <laughs> yeah Literally full, full round circle, circle yeah. does this director done anything else because this felt very yes. much like a my first movie but I don't know if it Ooh, was no
0: it really does feel like my first movie but he did Late Phases which is a werewolf movie with a bit of budget on it and it's quite good
1: fair enough I'd like to see what his other work is like
0: I give Late Phases a go it's alright people really rate it
1: but then you know
0: I'm not status quo what do I know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing Ends up as being Who's the original person Who's the Doppelganger mm. Basically realise Why Infinity Pool Doesn't dwell On that particular subplot Because yeah. it doesn't really Have anywhere to go so. No
2: yeah. Especially as the characters Are sort of paper thin As it just Piles on the characters
1: Yeah they could have done more Just just to suggest the characters But then we spend Certainly the sister character we spend so little time with her Yeah, that you see it at the beginning. It's like, oh, no, everything's great. I listened to this this old hypnosis record and now my life is sorted. And the next thing, she's terrified she's and, ah, someone's following her. Yeah. There's no room for the characters to have any extra development.
0: Should I say something really bleak now, right? There's a bit where Lena asked Celeste to sit in a particular position just head down, resting on her chest. And it just took me back to these flights I took over Christmas There's a thing in the safety videos, which I don't think I've ever seen before in a flight safety video, where they say, you know, like the brace position is usually put your head between your legs. Mm -hmm. They say what you should actually do is um, reach on the seat in front and put your head against the seat in front. That's what they say to do now. Mm
1: -hmm. And they say,
0: if you can't reach the seat in front, then put your head between your legs. And if you can't do that, then just sit with your hands on your lap and your head resting on your chest. And the images of the people in the videos doing that, they just look like, I am ready to die. It's
2: (laughs) so grim. Yeah, if you can't do these things, just accept your fate, mate.
1: It's so bleak. We're being inclusive, but also bleak as fuck. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Enjoy the fight.
0: Apparently, the brace position does save lives. Apparently.
1: Yeah. Um, Apparently.
0: Don't believe it myself. I believe the people who say that it's so that you... Smash your head in, but your teeth get safe so they can identify you from your dental records.
1: Oh, yeah, that's the classic thing that people say about that, isn't it?
0: Sorry for Ingmar Bergman, they just identify him by his enormous cock. <laughs> yes. Sorry for Willy Wonka, they just identify him from his 100 mil bottles of
1: piss they would brought with him. He's got one under his hat, that's why he wears a top hat. Yeah. He
2: was so annoyed when they brought that limit in. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> It'd be alright for Alfred Hitchcock as well, because they could just map the intestines to Harry Beck's famous painting of the tube map.
2: And it'd be alright for Mike Bat, because they could hide loads of piss in his (laughs) giant urethra, because he's a big old It's not
0: about hiding... Oh, you're talking about hiding piss again, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, it'd be alright if Willy Wonka teamed up with Mike Bat (laughs) to hide all his piss in his massive cock monster form. But isn't he busy playing drums for status quo in the Rob Zombie biopic? Well, he's got to travel to the...
1: <laughs> if you've got Mike Bout in his newly adapted um, penis monster form <laughs> with the excessive amount of piss, isn't there the danger that Swedish Del would try and tell him as a very, 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 <laughs> very big lava lamp? There is that danger. Well, hopefully, hopefully, you've enjoyed
0: our smorgasbord of Swedish horror. But if it made you feel sick, well, you ain't heard nothing yet. <laughs> Audio. Yes, it's our new listeners competition, and this month it's a bit closer to scary noises of old. I'm going to play you music from two of the films we'll be discussing next month, and dialogue from the other three, and all you have to do is figure out what the episode's subject matter will be. Here's your ominous audio. It is time to house. house.
2: Total spring cream.
1: My brother gave me this name when I was about six or so. And he said, "Well, you're about as big as my little finger." <laughs> I really don't like these cheap motels. Give me the creeps. You know what's good for you. You'll settle down. The more you fight, the more excited he gets. We need to calm him down. Okay?
0: So if you know which subject matter links those five films, DM us on our socials, email dx 5 gmail.com. And a correct submission, if we have any, will be picked at random to win some exclusive DX5 merch. Uh, that's also how you get in touch with the Horror Help Desk. So we hope to be hearing from you so we can help you.
1: Emily, Simon, anything to plug? My friends, Phil Green, previous guest fame, and David Ferguson have a podcast called believe the conspiracy theory podcast and i was on an episode of that in december which came out earlier this month uh talking about whether the moon landings were faked um and there were quite a lot of digressions about stanley kubrick and space dogs yes the reason why i went for this one is they gave me a list of like well these are the conspiracy theories we're going to talk about i wanted the jfk one because that's a classic but someone else had already taken that and all the others i was like I am not going to talk about chemtrails, etc. Because all that stuff, I think, is such bollocks and such kind of dangerous bollocks that I just get really, really annoyed and um, throw things around. So I thought the moon landing was a nice, uh, safe option. But in the end, none of us believe they were fake. But there are some theories that some of the footage may have been doctored or rehearsed. But that doesn't mean that somebody put it together on a movie set.
0: did hope they'd rehearse it a
1: bit. Quite a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Go fucking moon.
2: Until the night, mate. <laughs> all
0: right, that's all from us until next month. Remember to get in touch with your messages to our horror help desk and with your ominous audio guesses. And thanks for listening.